Hey everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of My First Sketch. I'm Josh Heil. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the show. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You know how podcasts work by now. It'd be really cool, though, if you rate it five stars and leave a review wherever you get this podcast. My personal preference is Apple Podcasts, but, you know, you do you. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash myfirstsketch. Twitter account at myfirstsketch. Head to myfirstsketch.com. I'll post videos. Keep it updated. It looks better than it used to. Any questions, thoughts, recommendations, feel free to email me at josh at myfirstsketch.com and I'll get back to you in a timely fashion. For the first time in 2019, I am talking to a Philadelphia-based comic. After my first two years of doing this podcast almost exclusively with Philadelphia Comics, I spent most of 2019 focusing on other parts of the country and other teams. This week, I returned to Philadelphia to talk to Patrick Maxwell, currently a writer on the new Fit House team, Mural Outrage. He also has a duo with his friend, Andy A.J. Thor Eklund, called The Pat and Andy Show. Patrick's first sketch is called The Law Firm of Gordon and Klein. Patrick reads the role of Robert Gordon. I read the role of John Klein. And then there's a couple testimonials from customers, and we split those, and we, you know, we make it obvious when it happens. So let's go to the sketch. Two lawyers in the library of their law office. Robert Gordon and John Klein are two young, inexperienced personal injury lawyers. They feature testimonials from Sarah Bradley, Mike Thomas, and Stacey Gordon. Have you been injured by a slip and fall, a falling object, or a paper cut? At Gordon and Klein, we have just six months of law school experience, but but what we lack in knowledge, we make up for with ambition. Have you been harassed, slandered, or not invited to a party? If you've ever wondered, can I sue for that? Bring us the case, and we'll find out. Were you asked to come to meetings on time, told to stop stealing office supplies, or been given a dirty look for eating the last donut? Will these accusations hold up in court? I don't know, but like we learned at law school, there's no such thing as a frivolous lawsuit. Uh, Sarah Bradley enters for her testimonial. Gordon and Klein took my case seriously, a little too seriously. They followed me around for a week and interviewed everyone I talked to. We're always there for our clients. Always. Did a coworker get you sick? Is the person in front of you walking too slow? Were you barked at by a dog? Why put up with this when there might be laws against it? Is the air conditioning too cold? Did Starbucks spell your name wrong? Is your neighbor mowing their lawn while you're trying to sleep? There has to be something in these books about that. Is it too hot? Did it rain all day? Is there too much snow outside? Someone's responsible for the weather, right? I have no idea, but we're the only law firm that's willing to find out. Were you hurt in a car accident, been exposed to asbestos, or suffered a work-related injury? Wait, I think those are real things. We could definitely do something about them. Then enter Mike Thomas for a testimonial. Um, I didn't even have a case. Gordon and Klein called me. They wanted to know if I'd be willing to claim that there were too few chocolate chips in a cookie I recently ate. Needless to say, after they promised no legal fees and the possibility of a lifetime supply of cookies, I was in. 
we are always pushing the boundaries of what's considered law. That's why at Gordon and Klein, if you lose the, your first two cases, the third one is free. At Gordon and Klein, every case goes through our patent pending law detector test. Robert Gordon walks over to the polygraph labeled law detector and places notes from the machine onto his temples. Okay, let's show how the law gets detected. I'll be the client. I was hurt in a car accident. Do I have a case? Yes. The, poly- the polygraph indicates this is true. Let's do another. I can't find the TV remote. Can I sue the manufacturer? Yes. The polygraph indicates this is false. Huh. Let me rephrase. The TV remote has been stolen by the couch cushions. Do I have a case? Yes. The polygraph indicates this is true. See? The law detector never lies. What if a pedestrian is taking too long to cross the street? Can I sue them? Yes. The polygraph indicates this is false. Robert Gordon hits the machine, which causes it to change and indicate true. However, Robert Gordon is electrocuted by the machine and dies. Has your law partner been killed by a law detector machine? Call the Klein Law Form today. Stacy Gordon enters. My husband, Robert Gordon, was killed by a law detector machine, which he invented. The Klein Law Firm helped me sue the ghost of my husband. Get all the money you deserve. Call the Klein Law Firm. 555, I am hurt. Results not typical. In fact, most typical results is the judge asking, how did you get in here? Please leave and never come back. The end. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Josh. All right, so tell me where this idea comes from. Tell me about the yeah. personal injury lawyer. Yeah, so this was the first sketch I ever wrote. Uh, it was uh, way back in Joe Moore's uh, one-on-one class back in 2015. Okay. And we were kind of covering different types of sketches. Like there was a parody. There was um, uh, like fish out of water, um, that kind of stuff. And, and so this was kind of in the parody week that we had to write one. Um, not sure where the whole idea came from. Probably just a lot of the lawyer ads from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of famous ones are Salino and Barnes. Um, and then there are some other ones like uh, Alexander and Catalano. Um, so kind of these, all these injury lawyers and stuff. And my dad's also a, a lawyer, not any of this kind of stuff. <laughs> still, it's, uh, it was probably on my mind at the time when I was wrecking, uh, my brain for ideas. Yeah. Daytime TV is full of them here in Philadelphia. I think we got like Alan Rosenberg and, uh, like there's, uh, there's two or three others. Like the guy that's yeah. just like yelling into the camera the entire time. Like, oh yeah. And then probably growing up, there was that, uh, Jim, the hammer Shapiro, uh, guy who just was yelling and showed like graphic images of car wrecks and (laughs) told them to call you that kind of stuff um so you took a class yes so this starts with a class um so what what uh gives you the idea to take a sketch writing class yeah so i just moved to philly um at that time i just finished college and moved down here for a job didn't know anybody and I just remember one day at work Googling like comedy classes. Okay. And, uh, and that led me to fit. Um, then, yeah. Then after that, just, just started taking uh, the sketch class. 
What? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure why I took sketch. I guess I'm about to answer your question <laughs> before you can get it out. But uh, so, but why Google Comic Classes? Like new to the city, why is oh. that your first inclination? Probably it was just like I'm. I was always interested in comedy. Um, I, I kind of tried to do it a little bit in college, um, but never was too successful. Like what? At, what were you doing in college? There was a improv team okay. uh, called In Between the Lines, and they would have an open practice where everybody could go. So I'd go to that. And then they would also have like a workshop on Fridays that I would go to. Um, and the idea was that, you know, you could come and practice and maybe learn some things and then you could audition for, for the group. And, you know, from then you could become a famous improv star or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I tried that for like a semester or so and I didn't really get anywhere and I probably just got busy with other stuff. Mm. So I was kind of feel like I was always kind of interested in it. And then uh, one of my cousins moved to New York and was doing UCB stuff. Okay. Um, and so I think that was kind of in the back of my mind as well. Because uh, she, she took a bunch of sketch classes and she did improv classes at, at UCB. So I think that was kind of in my mind of like, oh, well, if Maggie's taking sketch classes in new york maybe i'll see if philly has those too and and kind of just googled uh for that okay and, and this is your cousin maggie that i think i saw on facebook uh she uh, yes. her group was on that bring the funny show yes so she's now part of a, a sketch group called kids these days mm-hmm. um that are kind of based out of the people's improv theater okay and uh they made it onto the hit nbc show uh, bring the funny over this past summer nice yeah so that was pretty cool uh <laughs> I remember I texted her. I was like, hey, did you know that 5 million people just watched you last night? <laughs> like, that's kind of insane that there's people who know your name now. Yeah. I, I think I missed that episode, too. Like, I, I don't think I saw. I, th- I don't think I really knew what that show was until yeah, I, I think until you posted know. about it. Like, I don't know if that show knew what it was about either. Yeah. So. I, I watched a couple <laughs> episodes. And I was like, this is a really weird thing. Like, yeah. how are you judging stand ups versus musical versus right. sketch? Like. I don't know. I found that yeah. odd. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too. It's like, okay, it seemed like all the groups got maybe two minutes to do their acts. Mm. Um, and it's like, okay, that could work for a stand-up. But for a sketch, that's really hard to, like, you know, get everything out and start, um, you know, start making jokes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it's a very, very difficult way to judge all these different types of comedy. Yeah, and, and, and one sketch doesn't totally... Uh define a sketch group i feel right yeah yeah that too exactly uh so let's go back to the beginning what was like your earliest memories of comedy oh boy earliest memories of comedy um yeah i mean i would probably say i really started getting into comedy in like middle school high school um some of the early stuff i remember doing would be um when i was in high school i would tend to watch the daily show and colbert report and then i go to bed and I'd record David Letterman and Conan uh, and then watch them the next day when I got back from school. Um, so that, I remember doing that. And I also remember watching a lot of like SNL and a lot of The Simpsons mm-hmm. and uh, those types of shows. Uh, why Letterman and, Col- and, and Conan? I feel like Letterman just was the, he was like our guy. <laughs> he was like the late night show host that my family approved Okay, of. so it was uh, a family thing. <laughs> Yeah, so it was like um, aunts and uncles and cousins. Like that was 
that was the person that they were staying up to watch. Um, you know, he was the guy that they were talking about um, when, you know, we'd get together. So I think that's where I got kind of exposed to it. Um, you know, it was probably like going on vacation and like somebody's up and still watching Letterman and catching a few glimpses of it. Um, and I think Conan at least was because I didn't want to go to bed and I was just flipping channels and, you know, something on Conan caught my eye and, uh, and then I just started watching that. Okay. Um, you mentioned briefly about SNL as well. Uh, I ask yeah. everybody, I'm always curious, favorite SNL cast member. Yeah. So I knew you were going to ask this yeah, question. Yeah, I do. Cause I asked everybody. So I, started, <laughs> I started thinking about it. Um, so when I started watching SNL, it was the first season for Andy Samberg, Bill Hader, and Jason Sudeikis. Okay. I think it was around 2005 or so. And um, I kind of want to say that my favorite cast member was like Will Forte. Okay. Uh, why? Um, well, I remember an episode, I'm not sure if it was from that season or not, or not but it was uh, Jack Black was hosting. And it was the 10 to 1 sketch. And the first half of the sketch I really liked. It's my favorite sketch of all time where um, Will Forte is in a spelling bee and he has to spell the word business. Okay. And, um, and he goes through and he's like, you know, what's the word of origin? What's, uh, uh, or what, you know, country of origin, you know, um, can you pronounce it? All that kind of stuff. And then he's like, Oh, can you spell it for me? And they're like, no. So he starts to spell it and the word is business. If I haven't mentioned that. And he just starts spelling it correctly and then just like launches into it being wrong. And at one point I saying Q a lot of times. Um, and, uh, and I thought that was just like the funniest yeah, thing. He goes for like two um, minutes just saying random yeah. letters. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, Chris Parnell is like the judge and it just totally, um, you know, deadpan is like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, this, I could have the sketch. Jack Black comes in and sings some song that I don't remember and didn't care for at the time, <laughs> but but I really like that sketch, just like the weirdness of it and the plainness of it. Yeah, uh, Will Forte is so fun to me. He 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 has a thing where he just looks like you know an everyman, just you know, average yeah. middle middle of the country American, you know, the kind of guy that would have like a white picket fence around his house. But yeah. his comedy it's so weird and so yeah. like sometimes so dark sometimes so sort of like sub subversive like just yeah. completely catches you off guard right and then i think there was another one uh where peyton manning was the host and it was a it was like a high school basketball team and they were getting beat by a lot and it was the it was the halftime of, of the mm -hmm. game and, the, and will forte is the coach and he's uh he's trying to pump the team up again you know, to get them go to go back out there and make a big comeback. And he's like, you know, there's something that UCLA coach uh, John Wooden once told me. And he plays this like tape as this goofy, like jazz music. And he just does a dumb dance to it. And then the team's just like, okay, we're getting out of here. <laughs> I really miss his show. I, like last man on earth was, was oh, one yeah. of my favorite things. And I like, I, I wish like I'm perfectly fine with it being, you know, a relatively short experience. Like it only had four seasons, but I kind of right. wish like they didn't spring cancellation on him. Like so that they were able to yeah. wrap it up and have a finale, like a proper finale. Yeah. Well, it seemed like that show definitely had such a nice, like 
story to it, an arc to it, where he could have figured out like a weird way to mm-hmm. end it too. Like, I remember the pilot for that episode was all silent. Yeah. Um, so that that was like weird, and um, yeah, there's only like two people on the show for the first half of the first season and something like that. Like so. it was, it was one yeah. of those shows like, how is this on the actual Fox network? Like it yeah. felt like if it was on FX, it would have lasted infinitely right, longer. Yeah. Like it, like he would have had a full, but it was just so like, Oh, this is, I'm, this is, doesn't belong here to me. Like how did this <laughs> right, happen? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Major network, like Sunday night, their prime comedy night, like next to Simpsons and like, Bob's yeah. Burgers or something. So I loved it. So good. yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, you go to college. You experiment yeah. with improv. I'll say. Um, sure, that's a good. Nice yeah, like I mean, doing you know, going to the workshops and everything, and at least for a little bit, get a job here in Philadelphia. You move down here. Mm-hmm. You you start with Joe Moore, uh, mm-hmm. teaching one hundred and one. So, what was that experience like for you? It wasn't what I expected. So um, I kind of, I don't know, I just had this like idealistic version of like, oh, the writer, that's that's where all the comedy really is. And all these other people who'd be like-minded with me. Mm. Um, and then I get into class and uh, the problem with sketch classes is that nobody wants to actually do the work. So you wind up with a class of like 10 people and three people write the assignment and then everybody else is like, well, uh, I was busy, and then don't actually do the assignment and contribute. To oh, class. that's weird. I didn't. I didn't have that experience at all. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was just my Maybe. class. Uh, Did you have the uh, like? I joke about this all the time. Do you have that random older person that? Yeah. So I had. I feel like the class was a little bit weird because it felt like it was mostly older, older people. Oh. Except for myself, and then uh, John Plester was in it, and Jake Matera were in it. Oh, okay. We're both on um, uh, 1816, the Herald team at uh, Fit at the time, and uh, and we're doing their own comedy stuff as well. Mm. And then just like a bunch of like random older people who uh, who didn't do comedy, um, and yeah, and some of them were more engaged than others. I'll say. So, like, other than uh, Jake and John, were you like the last surviving member that moved on and actually did stuff? Like, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I can't think of anybody else in that class who I remember like seeing anywhere else. There's one person who, uh, who did the iron sketch show. Uh, cause I remember going to see that and talking to them and they were going to do an improv class. Um, but then I never saw them again. Okay. Yeah. I'm always like, I'm always fascinated. Like, why do you just pick this as your thing to do and never follow up on it? Like it's, yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. Maybe people just think it's going to be easy and yeah. then they have to write a sketch. True. Very true. Um, what else do you do education wise? Like what other yes. classes do you take? Yeah. So at the time um, there was only one-on-one and two-on-one uh, for sketch at, at fit and they didn't offer two-on-one regularly. It was kind of sporadic. Yeah. So I guess I just wanted to be around comedy people because then I was like, well, I'll just take an improv class. So I signed up for the, the improv 101 uh, for the next session at FIT right after the sketch 101 ended. Okay. 
And uh, within like five minutes, I fell in love with that and uh, started taking a bunch of improv classes. All right. So let's go through your fit comedy education. Who was the instructor in 101? So I had uh, Kevin Pettit for 101. 201? 201 was David Danella. Okay. 301 was Ralph Ingaccio. Okay. And then 401 was Kristen Shear. Okay. Then I took a conservatory with Rachel Semigran. What was the conservatory? Uh, I'll say gimmick. Gimmick's not the right word. <laughs> but like, what was the theme of the conservatory? So ours didn't really have a gimmick. Okay. Uh, what we did was we made up our own uh, type uh, of, of form, I guess. Because mm. um, like ones after me, they like, I think one was like uh, at a museum or one was mm. like a cop parody or something. Um, but mine was we just kind of like uh, worked together and came up with our own kind of unique form, which turned into being, we called it clumps. <laughs> Basically, we'd start the show off by being in a big group together and, and trying to physically touch uh, one another in you know different um positions basically okay uh, and then then we move to a different part of the stage and assume like a different position and then move to a different part of the stage and assume a different position and then that would give us inspiration for kind of the rest of the set um so it's just basically trying to do like a group scene but we're all kind of clumped together and uh, touching oh interesting how'd that go um i thought it went pretty well yeah um it was it was nice because i mean first off being able to get into like a conservatory event that you got for four shows that fit. Um, and then it was great to work with Rachel Summergram, uh, cause that was somebody who I, uh, really enjoyed. And I think it, now that I think about it, it kind of turned into like almost a mini untitled, uh, which was a show, an improv show at the theater where they kind of used a, uh, an artist who would, um, uh, show their artwork and then that inspired the improv and then the artist would then, um, uh, be inspired by the improv to create new art mm. at the end of the show. So it's kind of like that, where it's like we kind of tried to assume different positions that would then um, inspire the rest of our show and then, um, you know, create more group scenes. And, and it was just a different way to approach improv. And it was nice. Okay. Um, so then what's your next step after going through the improv education at FIT? Yeah. Well, kind of actually concurrently with the sure. improv education at FIT, I started taking classes, improv classes at UCB in New York. Oh, okay. Um, so I would go to New York and uh, basically on like a Saturday or something, go up for the day, uh, take a class, go see a couple improv shows uh, while I was up there. Um, and so I did that. So I did the 101 through 401 at UCB oh, for improv as well. Yeah. Sometimes while I was doing improv classes, I fit too. So, uh, so a here's a weird question that I, I and I don't mean this to be negative or, um, again to throw shade because I think I already used that, <laughs> that phrase. What did you see as the difference between the classes at UCB versus the classes here in Philadelphia at Fit? Sure. Yeah. So things that you notice at first is just it's different people doing it. Um, New York is it's a lot more people that are actors or trying to make it in the entertainment industry. Whereas Philly, it's really a lot more, it's just a hobby. Um, A lot of people with day jobs trying to do it for other reasons. Um, I'd say the other thing too, was just like UCB is definitely a lot more like mechanized. Like it's just like a machine that just keeps going and it's going to churn out 
a improv one-on-one every eight weeks. Mm. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what else. Also, I mean, just like the approach is slightly different where I felt like UCB really tried to build a culture, at least improv wise around the form of the Herald um, right, where right, right, right. It, you know, all the, the main classes lead up to that, learning that form and doing that form. Uh, and then, you know, they have a, a Herald night where it's very inclusive for students to go to and try to learn from. Um, whereas I feel like everybody in Philly, once they don't have to do the Herald, don't. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody hates it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, those, those are the kind of the main differences that I, I kind of saw about it. Okay. Uh, and definitely, you know, definitely a lot more emphasis on uh, a game of the scene in UCB parlance of basically just finding what's funny or unusual about the scene and playing that up. Yeah, UCB is all about the game. Yeah, which I love because that's that's how I think. So for me, it was great because I felt like it really um, helped me kind of hone what I thought was funny and kind of expand on that. So you do, you know, all of it. You do a, a ton of at UCB. Yeah. What's your first step to getting uh, some reps as a sketch performer or a sketch yes. writer? Yeah. So yeah, I took that one-on-one class in, at Fit way back when. And then I just started doing all improv pretty much. Mm. Um, then uh, one of the guys that I met on an indie team here in Philly, um, we just kind of got along really well. Uh, we had very good uh, chemistry and we both, um, you know, we both were just basically talking in bits all the time uh, and making each other laugh. Um, so that's Andy AJ Thorekland. And uh, we decided we'd try to make our own sketch show. Mm-hmm. at some point because uh, I think he had taken one-on-one uh, probably with Brian Kelly um, at some point and uh, and so we had no idea how to do that <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, one day I saw uh, Jack O'Keefe the sketch producer at Fit had posted a, a link for if you wanted to get booked to be part of um, a sketch riot which was you know basically just a, an indie uh, sketch uh, booking. I forget if it was a. I think we might have done a Friday Saturday at that time. Yeah, he. Yeah, uh, so maybe there was yeah, a gap think, in the schedule or something. I think yeah. um, originally Sketch Riot was like like the umbrella term for the sketch shows on the weekends, and whenever yeah. there wasn't a house team, it was a free for all of indie show like indie teams or whoever right. was available. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. So that was in. 2017 i believe so two years after i take this class uh, i sign up because i figure if i don't sign up we're never going to actually do anything uh, and we get a slot um, i think probably about a month after i sign us up to do it and uh so yeah so then andy and i got together and and wrote a show that we entitled the pat and andy show and uh, and put that up uh, at fit and so it was kind of our first experience at um, you know, putting up a sketch show and, and, you know, just trying to do it really wrap our heads around what needs to be done. Right. Okay. So you sign up, you say you have about a month to get ready. Yeah. What is like your, uh, how do you feel about only having a month to do this the first time? Um, actually I kind of liked it. Uh, I liked kind of having a deadline and having, um, you know, having it be kind of in the near future as well. Like it wasn't something that was abstract of like um, a ways away. It felt like, oh, we can just start working on it now. We'll get, 
you know, we'll write some sketches this week. We'll do rewrites. We'll memorize it, and then we'll have it up. Mm. Um, so for me, it felt really good, actually, um, which kind of uh, says why Andy and I now, when we do sketch shows, are like a week before, like, oh, we should probably finish the script. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we kind of cut it close sometimes now. Um, but yeah, but I, I liked it being you know right after um, yeah we were kind of booked to do it. Mm. Um. So how does that first show go for you? Like, how do you, what is your impressions of how that first go first show goes? Yeah. At the time I liked it. Um, and I thought it went pretty well. Uh, it went, we went long. The group after us, um, was a group of Tom Hannigan, Joe Tuzzi and Andrew Coppola. I think they called themselves. That's some uh, kind of animal thing. Fox Trot Hotel or something like that. Yeah, it's something Fox for know. sure. I can't remember. Yeah. It's a reference to Die Hard, a movie I haven't seen. Okay. Uh, that's what I've been <laughs> okay. um, Fox Plaza. Uh, Fox Plaza. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Came up with it at the same time. Uh, so, yeah. So they were after us and they wanted like even longer than us. So we didn't feel bad <laughs> uh, about, <laughs> about going over. Because, like, also, those were like people that we knew from the theater and had more sway than right. we did. So we were like, well, we're safe. Yeah, and that um, first time of a show, like if you've never done it before, timing a show is not something that's very Oh yeah. You know, it's not it's not generally instinctual. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh yeah, you write all this stuff and you don't know how long it's gonna be. Um uh you know, you gotta pause for all those laughs. laughs. So. Yeah, because I mean like <laughs> if you go to film school, they t- like, you know, the general rule of thumb is that like a movie script is a page a minute. But that right, doesn't translate yeah. to sketch writing or, you know, live right. performance like that. So it's yeah, very exactly. hard to gauge. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, I remember it, I thought it went well. Uh, I also thought that it was long. And then kind of thinking about it after, there's one sketch that I like still. Um, and then the rest of the show, I'm kind of uh, not too happy about. I feel like we could mm-hmm. do better. Uh, but that's probably most For things. Sure. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It was good to get it done and over with. And you know, it felt like a good uh, stepping stone to go. From. Right. Um, okay. So I don't know fully timeline. Um, so if we're skipping over stuff, we'll, we'll come back. But you and I met because I signed up to be a director for Fitz uh, monthly let's start a new team and put them in a competition. Yes. So uh, you were on my team when, when we did sneaker sketch, it was yep. myself directing yeah. you, uh, Evelyn Klein and Kelso yep. Blazasaurus. Yep. As she likes to be called. Yeah. <laughs> She's credited. Um, <laughs> and, and uh, Omar, uh, as it Cancio, I'm going to say it wrong, but yes. um, I don't, I'm sorry, Omar. Uh, and, I went in and I, and I, with a very distinct edict of, I want everything to be short. Sure. I want quick. We only have so much time. Let's go. Boom, 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 boom. Let's not linger on too much, at, you know, for something for so long and everything. So that's where I meet you. Yes. What is the experience of a, a random group? And I'm not going to say strangers because I believe you knew Kelso beforehand and probably yeah. maybe cross paths with others, but like, the group of starting a new group and going from there versus working with somebody 
that you've known? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's why I signed up for that sinker sketch was basically I had time and I wanted to do more sketch writing and meet more people in the kind of sketch community. And then I got on a team with somebody that I was doing improv with for the last four <laughs> months or something, uh, which was Kelsa, uh, <laughs> which was great actually. Um, but uh, yeah, I actually, I thought it was a very good uh, experience because um, it was just nice to, um, I don't know, just work together as a team. I thought that we, we worked pretty well together um, in general. Um, and also just like everybody was into it as well. I think that helped a lot. Um, so for me, it wasn't that much different than, you know, working with Andy or somebody who I know very well in terms of putting up a sketch show. Cause I felt like, Oh, I could write my own stuff and it fits in with this group. Mm. And then after our time at, Sin- at sinker sketch and I, I, I love our show. Like, yeah. The set that oh, we yeah. put together, I, I thought, job. was really great, and I'm, you know, I'm bummed that we that didn't move on and whatever. <laughs> but that's, you know, just the the nature of that show. Uh, after that, you te- you, I see you doing more solo stuff and character work. <laughs> yeah. So tell me uh, about that decision. Yeah. So that kind of came out of. Um, so after we did Sinker Sketch, uh, Jack booked that team to be on a sketch work, yes. uh, which we performed a couple of sketches that we did in the. Uh, in the show that we lost. And then he also reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to do anything. And I decided um, that I wanted to, I don't know, just try something out and see if it would work. Because um, I, I had maybe a week to put it together um, by the time that Jack asked me when the show was. So I thought for a moment about asking Andy to do it with me. Um, but sometimes Andy can be unreliable oh. and well, it's a, he knows. <laughs> uh, so I felt like, um, I just wanted to kind of try it by myself and, and see, you know, what would happen pretty mm. much. Um, and then it was wildly successful. <laughs> like, so you do this set of these weirdo characters in this town yeah. like yeah it, it was fun uh, it was great i loved it yeah well <laughs> thank you so much yeah it was really fun to do um yeah yeah like i said it was just really like i don't i don't know where i i guess the influences i had on it were uh, i had seen christian elsis do like a solo performance Uh, opening for a sketch group way back in probably 2015 or so. And I remember talking about it in Joe Moore's one-on-one class Mm. and I thought it was hilarious. Um, There's like one sketch where a guy is like bringing donut holes to a meeting. um, And then there's another sketch where a guy is like giving a presentation and all these images of Lola bunny from space jam keep popping up (laughs) on his computer. Uh, It was just like really good. And I remember (laughs) Joe Moore saying like, yeah, we should just like, get like a GoFundMe so that Christian keeps doing comedy uh, just because it was just, it was so good. So I remember seeing that and that probably inspired me somewhat. And then there was also uh, Joe Banger, who is a UCB guy. Um, there's a video of him um, uh, doing a kind of a character. I think it was at the original kind of comedy death ray before it was comedy bang bang when it was at UCB and it was more of a variety character stand up show. Um, 
And he was doing this character where he owns a frozen yogurt stand and he's calling a meeting with all of his teenage workers to try and figure out what they're writing on the like comment board because um, he doesn't understand how teens talk okay. anymore. Um, so I thought that was really funny as well. So I think that's kind of where the inspiration of, oh, I wonder what it'd be like to do a show like that, where it's just yourself and you just do a couple different characters. Um, and then, I don't know, I just try to tie it all together. And then with like, I mean, you mentioned that you, you basically only had a week to prepare for this. Like that, yeah. I, and you mentioned, you know, liking deadlines and just like, but a week to generate you yeah. know, 10, 15 minutes of material. Yeah. Well, it feels daunting to me. Uh, like, <laughs> I don't know. For me, it was just like, hey, let's just see what I can come up with. And uh, if it fails, I'm doing it at right. midnight at it, Fit for that, five that is people. a good point that it is a very low pressure show to to fail at. Yeah. Like if you're going to fail on stage, that is the show to do it, I feel. Or at least, you know, a good option of a show to fail at. Yeah. I mean, I feel like solo stuff I've done since then, I felt more pressure. Um like uh, so, Jack O'Keefe uh, liked the the that performance I did at Sketchworks, and then he asked me if I'd do the the one player show that they mm. do at Fit. Um, uh, I think a, a month or two after that, so I did that, and I was really that one. I was like, oh boy, this has my name <laughs> in it, and people are coming because yeah, of me. I, so I was I'm very nervous about that one. <laughs> yeah, so I remember emailing just like everybody that I knew like an improv uh, asking them to come, which none of them did, but that's okay. That they're happens. busy. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah. I think even uh, I but yeah. couldn't make it or something that night. Yeah. Yeah. I think I probably emailed you. I, I remember I emailed basically like every single teacher I had at fit, <laughs> like every like improv coach I ever had. Like I was just like, I need people to be here. Um, so, um, so yeah, yeah, I feel like I was more nervous about that than putting something together for a week to do mm. a dumb bit on a show. And did you expand that? Like, so that was a, a longer version. Yeah. Like, what new? Like, yeah. How much new stuff did you put into that then? Yeah. So, so the show I did at Sketchworks, I kind of had like three sketches that all were kind of tied together. Um, and then for kind of the solo show that I did in December, and then uh, again, and then Jack asked me to to do it again, kind of the headlining uh, weekend in March, I think. Uh, which I eventually called Patrick Maxwell's SNL edition. Right, okay, yeah. Um, uh, which I'm I'm going to say uh, I'm kind of annoyed <laughs> about that you called it that. Yeah. Because I've Why? had an idea that I've wanted to do for Black Friday comedy, and I've just never pulled the trigger on like you know recruiting people to do it. I've wanted to have sketch comedians in Philadelphia do what uh, is an yeah, actual SNL audition. Yeah. So when I saw that you advertised that, I was like, "Oh, come on!" Like you can still do it. I know. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> event like it's yeah. It's just a matter of picking like who I want involved. But like you know, I want someone to do like you know the the characters, the impressions. Yeah. You know those like five ten minutes of whatever it is. But like, yeah, I was a little like I kicked myself a little bit when I saw <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, that's funny because because uh, also I just named it that because it was like the most ridiculous name I could think of. And mm. I told it to Jack O'Keefe in the lobby of fit and he laughed out loud. So I was like, that's the name. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. We're moving on. Great. Cool. Uh, so, um, uh, so yeah, so for those shows, the longer shows, I then uh, kind of expanded it and added a couple more sketches in there. 
and I added a new sketch to the beginning, which I now consider part of the core. Like if somebody ever wants me to, uh, to uh, like uh, do like a 15 minute, 10 minute version of it, uh, kind of have like a core uh, four sketches that I like to do that I think are all like tied in together and work really well. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then I just added like a couple other um, sketches in there to pad out the rest of the show as well. And were you like, was everything in the same universe? Yeah, this, that was the Even idea the of the stuff? show. Yeah, the, the idea of the show was that um, everything like tied together uh, and everything was in the same universe. So like in one scene, there's like, there's a, there's a boss who's um, giving a, a video to his employees, telling them about like the, the year end sales and stuff. Well, then later in the show, we see one of those employees. Um, so I tried to like keep references and callbacks and all that kind of stuff uh, within the show and keep it all kind of the same world. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of my, my main um, idea behind all the new stuff I added as well to, to kind of keep it all within the same world. Okay, so during this time, uh, Fit announces two new house teams yes. for sketch comedy. Tell me about uh, the packet that you submitted. Yeah. Um, because think, for, people, for if people yeah. don't know, and, and you know, depending on who listens to this, uh, you submit, it, what is it? It's 10 pages. Yeah, I think it's 10 sketches. pages, which can be a max of like three sketches. And then, and then like 15 pitches. Of, yeah, a page of pitches is like 10 to 15 pitches or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, I think really over the last year or so, I really got more confident in sketch writing. So even in addition to all the solo stuff I was doing, um, I also wrote a show with Andy um, called uh, Pat and Andy Breaks the World Record. Right. You're, um, the, you're quick. Yeah. So that one. 20 something sketches in 20 something minutes. Yeah, exactly. So lo- all- again, another show that I loved because. <laughs> oh, thank you. Short and sweet. Yeah, so basically the idea is that is just it's all blackout sketches, um, and that kind of came about because we were talking to uh, to John Plester one day about um, a group up in New York called OSFG and how they just do all blackout sketches and it's you know a super fast show, um, and and so we kind of came up with a gimmick I guess uh, to do it as a world record and and yeah we did something like twenty sketches in twenty minutes or something like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, so like I wrote that, it went over well, uh, people liked it. And then solo stuff, again, went over well, people liked that. Uh, so I was really just gain, gaining confidence um, for like writing, I feel like, and also just doing it, that helps. Uh, so yeah, by the time it came around to submit for packets, which I'd done, I don't know, countless times before uh, for whenever Fit had a, a, an opportunity. Uh, and never got one before. Um, yeah, I just I think I just put in um, a longer sketch that I liked from my solo stuff, and then uh, a blackout sketch from uh, the Pat and Andy blackout or Pat and Andy um, uh, uh, world record show that I really liked. And then I didn't even feel like it was only like six pages or something. I didn't mm-hmm. even feel like doing the whole ten pages. Because uh, I just felt like, you know what, if somebody doesn't want me after these two sketches, um, right, right. that's yeah. fine. <laughs> these, this, is, this represents me. I and think then, the last yeah. time I submitted, I was the same way. I was like, if, you don't like if, if these three sketches don't fit you, then, you know, yeah, four more pages aren't going to help me. <laughs> right, exactly. And plus, they get so many packets. So I was like, I'm just going to make it easy. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the breath of fresh air of having to read something slightly shorter than a full 10-page bit. Yeah, so that's kind of what I went into it with, was just like, Okay, I'm going to submit two of my favorite sketches of these shows that people have liked. Um, 
and uh, and see where we go from there. And uh, and luckily, I got cast on a team. Uh, so I I don't know if this was the case for this current batch, um, but a lot of the previous fit applications. And if I'm wrong, we'll we'll cut this out. If if this wasn't uh, but on applications, there's a question about your philosophy of comedy. oh yeah. Do you remember what you wrote for it? Yeah, so I, I remember that being on there before. And for this one, I think I just wrote about um, how I liked um, you know, editing a lot because I felt like a lot of shows I was seeing weren't edited uh, hmm. and, and rewritten as well. Um, and also just that I was taking it very seriously, like, I put a lot of work into Pat and Andy show, put a lot of work into my solo stuff. Um, and I think that's kind of what I wrote for my comedy philosophy was like, put in a lot of hard work and, and make it good. Nice. Hmm. Okay. Uh, what's the experience of being in a writer's room like this for the first time? Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been interesting. So in addition to this house team, I has also got um, to collaborate a little bit on the right and right house uh, friend show. Okay. Um, so those were both, you know, two big uh, writers' rooms that uh, I had never really been in before because usually it's either myself or or just Andy and I. Um, I mean, besides uh, the Sinker Sketch Show. And even um, then, so, that wasn't a writers' yeah. room. We were <laughs> right. Even that it's three people or four people or whatever, and yeah, just hanging out at a coffee house or <laughs> yeah. or actually at O'Shea's most of the time or at yeah Kelso and Abe's place. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was like, it was, it was, it was definitely a different, um, experience and both of those writer's rooms were, you know, completely different from each other as well. Whereas the, the riot and Rittenhouse, uh, group was really just, um, you know, a lot of experienced people who I really enjoyed and, and looked up to in the Philly sketch community. Um, and then in, uh, in the, in the house team, it's really just been like uh, a lot of new people who I'm just like getting to know and learning what they're sketch and comedy philosophies are and it's been really cool uh to to meet them and and to be able to to pitch with them as well um but yeah i think it's been really nice because you you're not only working on your own but you also get to pitch jokes for other people and you know sketches that you would never come up come up with and and they're pitching lines for ideas of your sketches that you know you would never have thought of either so that's been that's been really cool full disclosure behind the current look we're recording this before the team debuts but it will go up the week like in between the set of shows so we don't know i in the present i don't know how the first two shows go let's just say amazing sure uh but can you tell me what an what an audience can expect from this first mural outrage show yeah sure um so we've been running it um for a little bit you know doing tech rehearsals and stuff and um the main overall theme of the show is, uh, is we're calling it Pants from the Nurse's Office. So it's kind of a, a back-to-school-inspired uh, show. Um, so, yeah, so what people can expect is it's just all sorts of different uh, comedy. Uh, I think we're doing a very nice job of fitting all of the, the writers' ideas in there. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's stuff that's going to be more uh, philosophical, I feel like, and stuff that's just, you know, fart jokes mm. uh so i really think it kind of um will cover all the bases of 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 comedy um yeah there's just so much variety in it and so i'm really excited for people to see it and then i think if i'm not mistaken uh 
that this will be the longest show that like you i mean you know ride and rain house probably too but like this will be significantly longer than any of the other shows that you would have been a part of oh yeah for sure i mean um yeah so this show is gonna be you know i think we probably will do about 45 minutes or so Mm -hmm. um just as as a team so so that's also been uh interesting because it's like oh you got to figure out uh all the all the transitions and um you know costume changes and all that kind of stuff and um and yeah so it's definitely uh it's been it's been a lot to kind of for me just to remember (laughs) because it's long (laughs) are you performing in the cast as well yeah i think all the writers are okay yeah i think everybody is so yeah so it's all of us and then it's all the writers and then we cast actors as well and uh, so yeah everybody's involved very cool very cool and then i finally see that i i saw i think you posted a week ago or so that you got accepted to do uh nyc sketch fest at the pit yeah yep yeah so that'll be very exciting as well so i'm doing um kind of my solo stuff uh up at the pit um for the nyc sketch fest um october 24th to the 27th um so that's really cool um because also uh my cousin uh, maggie's team kids these days is in it as well um, so we've been talking a little bit about like, Oh, what if we were in the same festival and now we are, <laughs> so that'll be, uh, fun to do that. Uh, and then also one of my favorite comedians, Joe Perra is also in it. Mm, yeah. um, so that'll be really cool. But yeah, that's a, it's a good upstate New York crew. Uh, <laughs> Maggie and I are both from Syracuse and Joe's from Buffalo. So yeah, take that. Do they say downstate? I don't know. Like, no, we don't even <laughs> mention it. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so as we're, I, don't, I mean, you've done a ton of improv and this is yeah. a sketch comedy podcast and like, but I feel right. remiss about like skipping over some of the improv work that you've done. Sure. So you've been on at least one fit house team that I know of. I feel like I might be missing one mm-hmm. or. No. Yeah. So I've been on the one uh, wavelength. Okay. Uh, we were a, a Herald team, a Wednesday night Herald team uh, last summer uh, from like July until December. Um, but yeah, that, that was, uh, that was a very exciting thing as well. Um, you know, improv is, is the thing I really, um, found here in Philly and I think really helped me develop my comedy here. And it was really very exciting to get onto a house team at fit and, and be on that stage. Another mean question. Do you have a preference between improv or sketch? Right now I'm going to say sketch because I've been getting a lot more sketch. Like, like I just got this festival, I got on the team, all that kind of stuff. Improv, a little dried up right now. But. <laughs> um, so uh, as we're wrapping up, as we generally do, uh, I try to get a little deeper. Um, so what's something that you've learned from sketch comedy in the past couple of years that you would pass on to someone that's new to the sketch comedy game? Sure. Um, yeah, I would, I would probably say uh, something like, um, just take it very seriously. Like, uh, I know, you, I know it's supposed to be fun and, and funny and all that kind of stuff, but you can work really hard and, and put together a good show that you're really proud of. Um, you know, like you can always go back and, and rewrite and watch old performances and, and figure out where the laughs are and, and try to, to find the, the spots where you can even get even more laughs in there. So I'd say, you know, take it seriously to, to put on a good show. 
Yeah, I I just got the video from my show uh, from Sketchfest, and I'm still like hesitating to actually watch it and like do <laughs> yeah. the notes and do the like the you know the athletes like game tape research. Oh yeah, yeah, it's hard. Like <laughs> I remember once um, Andy and I had performed the world record show at Fit. Once we got the video from it, and then we just sat down and watched it, and then rewrote a lot of mm. it just because based off the audience reaction and you know, pitching new stuff uh, to put in the show. So uh, I think it really made the show better too. Do you ever get the experience of writing something and you thinking that this particular joke in the sketch is going to kill, but it's actually the joke that's like three lines before it. Oh, all the time. (laughs) That's always Uh, like my nightmare (laughs) of like watching back my material. Like, why didn't this one work so well? Yeah. Or there's always like lines that I think are very clever and then they don't get any reaction. Uh, I think even when we were doing the Sinker Sketch Show, um, there was some line, uh, and I told you, I was like, I thought of that, and I thought that was the greatest line ever. And then we did it in the show, and nobody laughed. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> if I'm, I'm sure if I look at it, I'll know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I, f- I forgot what the line is. But uh, but yeah, there was some line that was like, that line is so like <laughs> clever, it's so good, and then like, nobody laughs at it. So uh, <laughs> that happens all the time. It's such a bummer. But it's also the, you know, that unpredictability of the, the audiences that are there that night. and like Yeah, well, that's the thing, too. There, there's other stuff that I've done where I'm like, you know what, uh, let's just see how it goes. And then it, like, kills. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's weird. Like, there's a dumb sketch I do where I basically just uh, drink a bunch of iced tea and people go wild <laughs> to that one. Uh, it's like one joke, guys. So people seem to like it. It's great. Um, and then finally, uh, I mean, you mentioned about like after college and moving down to Philadelphia, like one of the first things <laughs> you did was, you know, research for a comedy school. Why comedy? Why is comedy how you spend your free time and your, you know, extracurricular? Yeah. Well, I think comedy has really given me a lot. Um, it's satisfied a lot of things for me. Um, I mean, it's creative, but it's also like, there's a social aspect to it. Like I remember just like going with friends to go see shows. Um, like that was, you know, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's like social, it's creative. It's, it's its own community. And um, I don't know. It's, it's just like, it's also a nice thing just to uh, work on at the end of the day. <laughs> so I don't have to think of other things. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Patrick. Cool. Well, yeah. Well, thanks again so much for uh, for having me on. You can see Patrick as Mural Outrage finished their premiere run entitled Pants for the Nurse's Office at the Philly Improv Theater this weekend, September 27th and 28th at 10 p.m. Tickets are available at fitcomedy.com. If you use Instagram, you can follow Patrick at pmaxwell3 and the team Mural Outrage at Mural Outrage. You can also see Patrick perform his solo character show during NYC Sketchfest at the People's Improv Theater in New York City the final weekend of October. For more information, go to thepit-nyc.com. Also this weekend at the Philly Improv Theater, All Night Deli. 9 p.m. September 27th and 28th. If you want to hang out with me, I should be there on Friday for both All Night Deli and Mural Outrage. 
My First Sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com. Follow Philly Sketchfest on Instagram at phillysketchfest. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like My First Sketch on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy. And watch The Good Place.